0: With all of the education going on this week at ASRM 2018, there's an opportunity for you or someone you know struggling with infertility to join us at Gateway to Parenthood in St. Louis, Missouri, March 9th, 2019. For more information, visit www.gatewaytoparenthood.com.
1: And welcome again, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Focus on Fertility. We are concluding events here at ASRM 2018 and today there's been some news and developments related to the use of time-lapse incubator use as well as introduction of artificial intelligence. And part of that is there is a new embryoscope. You may have heard one of our previous episodes, one of our original episodes, was talking about time-lapse incubators. Such as the Embryoscope, but there is a newer version of it that is now here and on the floor at ASRM. And live with me is Francesca Barr. She is from Life. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for her uh, coming by.
1: So, tell me a little bit more. The this has been in use for a little while. This newer episode in Europe but it's just now available here in the United States, is that correct?
0: That's correct. This was launched in Europe at Esri two years ago in Helsinki and it's just received FDA clearance here so it can be used in uh, US clinics as well now.
1: And what are some of the differences between what has been in US clinics to what we have now?
0: Yeah, so one of the the, the major reasons why um, time-lapse was not uh, as widely adopted in the States is because of the patient capacity. Uh, A lot of the clinics here are larger, and they want to treat more patients, and also patients tend to have more embryos. So this new version of the instrument allows 15 patients at a time to be treated, and also um, the individual dishes where the embryos are cultured and they're nice culture media, you can now have 16 embryos. So this also allows uh, more implementation of time-lapse so that you can have better clinical practice, better workflow and uh, overall better embryo development and selection.
1: How much difference is that in capacity then versus the the older versions?
0: It's about two and a half times the capacity uh, for patients and then another uh, 20% of extra embryos. And these embryos are now cultured more in a group-like environment rather than single individual culture. Um, Also, we have a unique barcode tracing system so that patients can easily be added and the traceability for creating the movies when you add and remove patients and there's a unique loading area so that um Embryos are not disturbed by adding or removing a patient. So when you add a new patient to this incubator, it's almost immediately finds itself in an optimum environment without any recovery time of the incubator. So it's more stable, it's faster, and it takes um, more patients.
1: So for a patient's perspective, uh, the, the good news is, is if your clinic offers embryoscope and they upgrade to one of the newer versions, Where before you may have been, I'm sorry, we don't have any more space to include you. Hopefully more space, more options, more people being able to take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, that's right. It'll be a better standard of care. And um, probably with the higher capacity, maybe um, the prices will come down for those clinics that choose to charge for this technology.
1: Now, for those in the laboratory that might be tuning in, what are the big benefits that the embryologists are going to see?
0: Uh, again, it's, it's all about workflow with having um, more of your patients being um, handled the same way so you don't have different types of dishes and different protocols and different ways of looking at the data because all the data in the embryoscope is now digital. So the embryologist can always go back and look and see how the embryos developed in the patients that were in time-lapse, but that's not true for p- patients who are not in the time-lapse system and you're relying on static images. And what this means is if you've had a frozen embryo transfer it's much easier for an embryologist to go back and see what those frozen embryos look like, so you can make your selection if you're having a frozen embryo transfer. And uh, some of the other things is the the image resolution on this new system is uh, exceptional, and it allows more detail to be observed. Uh, and this also plays into the AI story because the better resolution of the images you have, the more our AI systems able to find details that we can't see with the human eye. So. Um, it's, it's helping with workflow, but I think it'll also help with future analysis of embryos.
1: And with the AI information, we're going to share a little bit more of that here uh, in the podcast, but and we're also working to get some of the authors of the recent studies to talk more in-depth on future uh, Focus on Fertility podcasts. But can you give a little insight as to what's ongoing with the development of AI?
0: Yeah, we're, we're doing a little bit of our own AI, but we have uh, quite a few users who are very large clinics that have multi-sites. So uh, the group in Australia, Virtus, they have 10 or 11 clinics and they're all using this AI, so they're generating a lot of images and they've just presented a very nice talk on artificial intelligence where they input the movies and then um, they taught the system with which ones became a baby and which did not. So now they have a system with this nice supercomputer where it analyzes these films and it has a pretty good ability to predict which embryos... the implantation potential of individual embryos. Cornell, which is also 100% time-lapse with very many cycles, they've also looked at some AI analyzing images of uh, blastocysts that were taken in time-lapse systems, and they've also shown a very good correlation between uh, automated uh, analysis of these images and implantation potential. So I think that this field is really moving towards uh, more automation because it's better consistency and then faster processes again for the embryologist so they can and, focus on other things. And
1: one of the most difficult thing I think for the embryologist is trying to determine is this a, a good embryo or is this one that's kind of on the on the edge and when you ask one embryologist to the next embryologist to the next, you may get three different answers exactly. on that. So it's going to be nice to see if there's a, more of a standardization using yeah. AI.
0: Time-lapse alone offers better standardization because you can go back and, and look at the time rather than a, a standard 15-second snapshot, which you have now. Um, an embryologist can take a bit more time. So we do find the consistency just with time-lapse alone is improved. But with adding the AI, it again takes that... that, that um, chaotic element out so if people are are rushed then you can have a more uh, objective analysis of these embryos again allowing embryologists to focus on other procedures that maybe are not automated in the lab yet so it's a very exciting field and i think we're going to see a lot of things in the future that we wouldn't have dreamed possible just a few years ago
1: totally awesome and very good well thank you so much francesco i do appreciate you taking the time out best of luck the rest of this conference and we'll hopefully catch up with you maybe down the road thank you If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryoscope. Check them out at MCRMfertility.com. ASRM 2018 is officially in the books, and now we can look forward to ASRM 2019 next October in Philadelphia. But before it was all concluded yesterday, some very exciting news was published and released related to use of artificial intelligence, which may be coming soon to an embryology lab near you. Innovation in embryo grading is taking the forms of artificial intelligence systems that can grade embryos and accurately predict ART outcomes. Researchers in Australia and the United States presented new research on Wednesday at ASRM's last day of the Scientific Congress and Expo. The team in the United States modeled a convolutional neural network to accurately predict the morphological quality of blastocysts based on time-lapse imagery. The study utilized more than 50,000 images and more than 10,000 blastocysts. The blastocysts were assigned qualities of grades good, fair, or poor based on statistically different implantation outcomes. 18,000 of these images were used to train the Inception for algorithm. Then it was tested using the remaining images. The algorithm was shown to have a 97.52% accuracy in discriminating between poor and good blastocysts. Meanwhile, researchers in Australia Agnes Tran and his colleagues had developed an artificial intelligence system that 93% of the time correctly predicts that a particular embryo will progress to fetal heartbeat. The fully automated system analyzes time-lapse video sequences and requires no human input and thus is not subject to embryologist variability. The AI was trained to use time-lapse video sequences to analyze the development of embryos and predict by identifying spatial temporal features, independent of maternal age, whether an embryo would result in a pregnancy with a fetal heartbeat. Eight laboratories in four countries participated in this study from 2014 through earlier this year. The sixteen hundred and three patients in the study ranged in age from twenty-two to fifty, with an average age of just over thirty-five years of age. And all embryos were included, regardless of their stage of development or grade quality. This is some very exciting news that we'll be watching uh, come forward. And I've actually researched, uh, excuse me, reached out to one of the lead researchers here in the United States, and he's agreed to join us for a future edition of Focus on Fertility to discuss this in further details. And Maybe soon at some of the embryology labs in your area, clinics that you might visit, you'll be able to have your embryos having taken into uh, this type of technology. So we'll definitely keep up to date with that as well. We have really appreciated you joining us all week long as we've been reporting from ASRM 2018. And we hope that uh, the information has been informative. There's still lots of information that uh, was presented. More than 200 presentations were provided and more than 1,000 research posters were shown. And so I'm going to be digging through most of that information over the next coming weeks, reaching out to even more of the authors uh, and trying to bring some more of that science uh, directly to you and how it can relate to you helping you along in your fertility journey. Also, hopefully some of the science and technology stuff that you can buy at, uh, on Amazon or visiting elsewhere could help you as well, and we'll always keep out our eyes and ears open for that type of information to share with you as well going forward. It's always an honor to have you with us each week as we come bringing you a newest topic of science, technology, or ways to help you along your fertility journey. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, we'd encourage you to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio Network, or Podcast One, or even by simply visiting us on the website at FocusOnFertility.net, and there you can get caught up on all of our previous episodes of Focus on Fertility. Until we get a chance to speak next week, we're wishing you the very best on your fertility health.